0: Here comes Milwaukee Forbes, another three. Oh no! <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. I'm your host, LJ Cascon, and I'm joined with Hot Take Harrison. And if it ain't foreign, it's boring, Alex Maserati. Y'all already know what it is. The Heat. Surprise the basketball world. Pull off what I believe was only the sixth upset of an eight over a one. This one, in my opinion, the most improbable since the We Believe Warriors. I don't necessarily count the uh, the Sixers over the Bulls because, one, anything to discredit the city of Philadelphia. And, two, Derrick Rose blew out his knee. So it's like, well, what are you going to do? Doesn't really count in my book. But that's just me. The Heat do something that no one thought they could do. They go into Milwaukee again. On the, on the very end of the last episode, me and Harry were talking about, you know, you need to, you know, it's okay if you don't finish it off in Milwaukee, you have to finish it off in Miami, because then things get a little too hairy. No pun intended, Harry. But at the very end, I did say Heat in five. I believed it. I spoke it into the ether. I manifested it. They come away with a two-point win in overtime. Jimmy Butler did Jimmy Butler things again. The dude almost scored 100 points total in game four and game five. He is the best basketball player in the world right now. He has been the best playoff basketball player in the National Basketball Association over the last four years because the Bryn Forbes allegations are dead. They've been dead. No one is even on his level. If you subtract that one just disgusting abomination of a playoff because it was a shortened season, I will use every excuse in the bag because it fits my narrative, damn it. He is the best basketball player that we have seen in the playoffs since he's put on a Miami Heat uniform, and that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. But within the the realm of Heat Twitter, we all understand how great he is. We understand what we're watching is history. We all are cognizant of that. Everyone outside of this space doesn't seem to be. Mainly talking heads at ESPN, talking heads on other platforms, anybody on Nick Twitter. No one seems to want to give Miami credit, but we're familiar with this, aren't we, guys? Because we went through the very same thing last offseason, or last playoffs. Right before the playoffs started, when the Heat were matched up against the Hawks, there were many a poll on Twitter, many discussions on First Take and Undisputed that said, who has the best player in that series? Do either of you want to answer for me and who everyone thought was the best player prior to that Heat-Hawk uh, series? Who, who was that? Who did everyone say was the best player? Trey Young. That's right. They said Trey Young was better than Jimmy Butler. Then what did the Heat do? Well, Heat and five. Then they go over to the Philly series. People said that he don't have the best player. It's Joel Embiid. He's the best player. James Harden's the second best player in that series. That he'd have players three and four in Jimmy and Bam. What happened? Well, Embiid got hurt because he's injury prone. And there weren't any Houston strip clubs in Philadelphia for James Harden. So we saw what playoff James Harden turned into. And then they go to Celtics. They go to the Celtics. And admittedly, they have some pretty good players in Boston. we I'll, I'll give a little pushback. Jalen Brown's a great player. He's not Jimmy Butler. Jason Tatum, phenomenal player, one of top ten players in the NBA. He's not playoff Jimmy Butler. He's not Jimmy didn't have any help that series. Took it to Game Seven. Couldn't protect home court, but that's okay because now we're back to this year. No one wanted to give the Heat any credit that they made an Eastern Conference Finals run, being the number one seed. No one wanted to give them any credit. Now we're in this playoffs. Nobody took the heat, me included. I apologized last time. But now I'm here to talk my shit. Because the heat, I am two games removed now from my apology to where I was back on the heat bandwagon. I believe in them. They are incredible. It's always heat and five. It's always been heat and five. They now dispatch the Bucks. No one wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to talk about Giannis's postgame press conference and how it's okay to lose because it's not a failure. We were the number one seed in all of basketball. We had home court throughout the entirety of the playoffs if we were able to make it to the finals. We lose in five games to the eighth seed. A team that lost to the Atlanta Hawks in the play-in tournament. A team that was trailing to the Chicago Bulls with three minutes left at home in a do-or-die scenario to end their season. And they lost in five. But that's not a failure. And every media pundit will tell you, no, Giannis is right. It wasn't a failure. Anything to discredit the heat, right? Yeah. Alex, I, I, I want to throw it to you now. Just just go on. Just, just go talk your shit. Talk, talk your shit about how no one believes in him.
0: Dude, it's really funny because, you know, I, I'll be the first one to tell you. Like, just, like, people can admit we're, like when things were incorrect. I did not foresee. I think the last time I was on the pod, I, I was saying, we're going to get our, our shit kicked in by Milwaukee in four games. Not close. And then Jimmy Butler pulled off the improbable and turned into Kobe, MJ, or just now, playoff Jimmy, and did what he did. And – how everyone's initial reaction i guess it was that night when he dropped 53 for about 15 minutes how everybody's initial reaction how that wasn't leading every show i know aaron rogers was traded that day but we knew that was happening for weeks espn fox sports One, all of these places and again i'm not trying to be that guy that's like the national media sucks i'm sure a lot of y'all already don't enjoy watching it that's why you listening to this fantastic podcast but it's getting ridiculous Like, this man, if LeBron had done that, if Steph Curry had done that, if any other big-name player had done that, we would have led of how – Incredible it is. I don't. I don't understand how these shows aren't leading with what is this mystery behind Jimmy Butler and how he can literally become a top five player, top three player in the NBA in the playoffs, but not be named an All Star in the regular season. There should be documentaries being. There should be thirty for thirty crews taping Jimmy Butler right now in the Heat because we've never seen anything like it in sports. Yet we're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo who got frustrated at a reporter asking a very legitimate question after only the sixth time this has happened. Do you consider this a failure? And for him to get so visibly upset and like, I, I don't, I, I, in, in a nutshell, what I'm not trying to discourage the message of what he's saying. His oh, big overall message is a loss can be a lesson. Nothing is a failure. Kobe said something similar years back, right? You always got to learn and adapt. But you can also objectively admit that this is bad. The way Yadis was talking, it, it was like they had just lost to the Kawhi shot on game seven of the NBA finals nothing more you can do you left it all out there just crazy stuff happened don't like he was sitting there and acting like the the bucks did not overlook the heat Giannis could have played another game they thought they were going to take care of business game what was it game five they thought they were or game three I'm sorry they thought they were going to take care of business 100 and they didn't and then Giannis had a 30-point triple double leg. Like, can we just admit like one player took on the number one seed, and completely outdid them. And yes, in multiple instances, Milwaukee completely mentally unraveled. A complete objective failure by Mike Budenholzer, right? I want the Milwaukee Bucks organization to stand by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Don't fire Mike Budenholzer and run it back with that core. There's no failure in sports. Run it back then. Run it back. I want to see Mike Budenholzer next year making no adjustments again. I want to see Drew Holiday getting 50 put on his head again by Jimmy Butler. And I want Chris Middleton to play every third game and then give you a nice occasional 30-point game in the playoffs. And y'all can get bounced early again. Because outside of this one title run that Milwaukee has had now, we can go step back and look and see that they are just like every other East contender. Except they won the championship against Phoenix, which we have to give Giannis credit for. But this, this is... This was a big moment for Giannis I, and just a, even, even in the greater NBA scheme, if Giannis wins the championship this year, he is on a path to be a top seven player of all time. He's had, a, he will have had a better start to his career than LeBron James, Steph Curry, uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, it's up there with like the start that Kobe had and, and things like that. Like it's just, and now it's the opposite. This is something that is never going to leave his resume. In my opinion, it, 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 we don't let LeBron escape. If LeBron in 2012, if the Heat had lost to an eight seed. If LeBron in 2000, I'm not even trying to make this about LeBron. If LeBron in 2018 or 19, even after Kyrie went to Boston, lost with J.R. Smith and Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, seven seed to two seed, eight seed to one seed. It would never be forgotten. Never talked about. And now we've spun this into a positive for Giannis because he had a nice Disney family friendly quote that there's no failure. Sure, there's no failure in the grand scheme of things. You're a rich millionaire. You have a championship. You're one of the greatest players ever. I get that. But objectively, this was a failure for the Milwaukee Bucks. Someone should call Mike Boonholzer, should be fired, right? But I I, I want, I'm, I'm very interested slack. to see what the Bucks do because I give them a the Bucks slack. just run everything. They put that on their social media and all this stuff. Stick by it then, run it back. We'll see Grayson Allen next year, right? This dude didn't even get a shot off. Like, come on now. It, it, it was a failure. There's going to be major changes for Milwaukee. They're going to reshape that roster. Mike Booneholtzer is probably going to get fired. That that just pissed me off. And then you already talked a lot about, uh, LJ, about just, you know, what Stephen A is saying. And I know it's to build Knicks hype because they're from New York. But to say that, not to rant here, but, like, I am already ranting, that MSG is, like, a different animal. Uh, star players love playing in Madison Square Garden. They love it. It is quite literally the most star-friendly opposing environment, quite literally. Um, Jimmy Butler is going to thrive off that shit, but uh, I know we're going to get into that.
1: Oh, we're absolutely getting into it. Harry, I want to go over to you now. You've been nice and quiet for 10 minutes here. I know you changed your setup over there. How do you feel? Did it it ruffle your feathers at all, the fact that the the national pundits don't want to talk about Miami and the significance of their upset? On, more so they want to focus on Giannis's, as Alex called it and rightfully so called it a little Disney story or are you just kind of used to all the all the bullshit at this point
2: yeah I thought Alex brought up some good points so I just want to I'll try to dig in I had I had like a, a three point plan I was gonna gonna go to um but I'll get to it in a bit um I think the Milwaukee stuff is interesting and I know you were about to say it LJ like uh we found out earlier or yesterday that um, Budenholzer's brother recently passed away in a car accident. So they are probably going to give him the benefit of the doubt, even though like objectively he didn't coach a good series, you know, whether he was going through other things or not. And that's, I mean, that's a really tough decision to make because you have to make the best decision for your basketball team while also understanding that there is the human element to all this stuff. And I don't know It kind of makes sense more when they questioned him about not using the timeout with 0.5 seconds left in regulation of game five. And he was like, no, I had to call a timeout. I don't, you know, and it was, he's probably not all there. Uh, That leads to a much bigger discussion, which we can probably have off the pod where it's like, we need to let people grieve when that stuff happens. We don't need you. You don't need to show up to work when you're going through a a personal tragedy. Like, that. I don't think that's like, I don't think anyone in Milwaukee would have been mad. I don't think anyone on the team would have been upset with him if you know, but again, America and uh, well, we can talk about that another time. But in terms of Milwaukee, Giannis, I mean that quote simply because people like Giannis. He's a um, he's always been a pretty genuine guy. Even while he was visibly frustrated by this reporter's question, and it sounded like he had asked him the exact same thing when they lost last year. Um, he tried to go down. He didn't make it personal with this guy. He was just saying like. You know, are we? is it really a failure um, when we're, you know, I, he took it like I'm a failure. And that's not what the guy was asking. He was like, is this situation a failure? And objectively, of course, like you're the one seed. You have the best record. Not OK. It's not even like it's not even like it went to game seven and there was like a weird bounce. Like we crushed them. It wasn't close. We're lost the on their game. home floor. We're the we're the first eight seed in a seven game series to beat the one seed in five. So, yes, there have been three other instances in a seven-game series and two other when they were but but we kicked their we kicked their ass. It wasn't it wasn't close. And it wasn't close in the bubble either. And I think kind of when this heat team is, is healthy and we're not talking about the shortest offseason ever, they have Milwaukee's number. Spo has Bud's number. They have the offense that worked, they got every shot they wanted. I could not think of a possession where I was like, eh, they didn't really get what they – like, they got what they wanted whenever they wanted. Um, The other part is that the Heat won by two points in overtime. Giannis missed 13 free throws. Like, we're not talking about a guy who, you know, hit 80% and they lost and the Heat were – like, he choked. He choked. Um, Bam shut his ass down in the fourth quarter. He, You know, he, I think he started nine One of three in the
1: game. One yeah, for nine but, in the fourth quarter.
2: So he started nine of thirteen from the game, and I was like, shoot, we're gonna have to get them in game six. And then man, he just bam locked him down in the second half, and especially in the fourth quarter in overtime before Bam fouled out. So you know, listen, I I was really disappointed yesterday with that they made a Nike ad out of it. That's embarrassing. Like this stuff is about winning. It's Why not about it? it's not about um you know who is who's the nicer guy, who's listen, I think Giannis is pretty good with mental health, which is important in sports. We've had, you know, we've we've talked about guys who have admitted to mental health issues or guys that seem to kind of shrink under pressure. And I don't know if that's what happened to Giannis, like that he's able to justify it after, which is good for him moving forward. But yeah, I mean, you're right, Alex, there's going to be changes. They have to make it this drew um, Chris Middleton's a free agent. They have to decide if they want to bring him back or do a sign trade or something. Maybe it's, I mean, no offense to drew holiday because he's a good player and he's a good defender. Jimmy carved him up man they have to they have to make a decision if they want to move forward with him they're all in they're all in their you know 30 30
0: 32 so they got to figure out what they're doing with that and this is my problem with the quote and stuff too because Giannis knows or the bucks know that and they've been operating the last few years of every season with Giannis' as championship or bust. this is the best player on the planet especially when they thought there was a chance he might leave before he signed the extension every year they've been tra- they gave up a lot for Drew Holiday Like, by their expectation, the Cleveland Browns owner just paid $7 billion to buy, just to start the process to eventually own all of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's coming, an NFL owner, into a small market NBA team because of Giannis. And it's not championship or bust. He's been the best player objectively in the world the last three, four seasons. Everyone has been saying it's championship or bust when you have a player like that. Everyone. Always. I think a lot of it is, I don't know. Championship or bus is tough, but I,
2: you know, it's when you're the number one seed and you're like, your expectation is to win. You like, got to make the they, finals at least. They didn't, they didn't go into the season being like, hey, let's have the best record. And if we get knocked out in the first round, no big deal. Like, they, that wasn't the goal. So I think, I think it was, I think what Giannis was trying to say is like, I'm not a failure because we failed, right? Like, I'm not a failure because I've had failures. But, like you failed the season bud you failed you probably failed last season too and it's okay you're allowed to fail and but i think for a superstar it's for most people they hear that quote and they're like i don't want my superstar to speak like that i want my guy to come out after a loss and say we didn't play well enough they were better than us and we have to figure out how to get better so that we can beat them next year i mean that's really what you what you are you're like we didn't do it i, w- I wasn't good enough we weren't good enough and we're going to figure out moving forward how to do this. And you bring up the other point. What's interesting about Milwaukee and Drew Holiday and everything is that trade worked out for them. They won a championship. They're never going to regret that move. Um, They just have to figure out what to do now because they did give up a lot for him. They don't have a lot of draft picks. They have these decisions. And
1: you can't and let it. him wear a Milwaukee jersey again after what Jimmy did to him. Talking the shit point on the jumbotron. That man. The can he, knock on a Milwaukee by the way, can we talk about that? My, I
0: know I I always joke around with the MJ son and all that stuff, but like jet, dead ass. This dude talks shit when the Heat are down six in Milwaukee and they, we don't have the ball.
1: No, the way that you see Tatum, shit. the way you see Tatum meet Ryan, yeah. the the legacy of Kobe, the way you see him do that because he wants to be like Kobe, he's not. It's no, Jimmy, it's true. yeah. Jimmy, is like that Jimmy's like everyone
0: talks before. shit when it's even score, when it's zero zero. Like Jimmy literally does that when they're yeah. down. He that's what talking.
1: you can't you can't bring Drew back from that. That that's yeah. a mental hurdle you can't get past. The fact it's also, that he's saying on your head when they're Yeah, no I was say,
2: it's the trap. It's like the trash that he like. I own you on your head, like, and what's his response? Like it's true. <laughs> I mean, he torched him up, and you looked at all the defenders from Milwaukee. You know, Giannis said after he had, would have liked to guard Jimmy more. Jimmy, Jimmy shot, like shot 50%. Percent. He shot oh, 50% on Giannis. It was, it was more. It was like 80% on Giannis. And you're like, bro, you didn't want any of that smoke. And so here's where I want to tra- transition into where I think the district. That's so is.
0: bogus to me, by the way, too. Giannis is Giannis. Bro, we saw Jimmy Butler on the court. Tell Bam you get Brooke. I'm taking Giannis. Giannis can't walk up to Drew Holiday and say switch. I, I I got this. You can't do that. You need Mike Budenholzer to tell you to do that switch. Mike Budenholzer is going to cuss you out on national television for saying yes. Me, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, would like to guard the guy that is 50 plus. Do it then. Like this is this is my problem. Like I don't. It doesn't make sense to me at all. And now, I, I, one fact is he already torched Giannis too. But the other fact was like. Bro, Jimmy Butler says, bam, you go take Brooke when they were killing us in that two-man game. That wasn't Spo. That was Jimmy Butler saying, I will take the best dude. You take Brooke. So we stop stranding Struess or Caleb Martin or whoever. Giannis could have done the same thing. He did not do that. He watched Jimmy Butler torch Drew Holiday. That's,
1: a, that's it the out. thing, too. Like, you think when Bud was in Atlanta, had Jeff T come up to him and said in that Eastern Conference series against the Cavs saying, hey, man, let me get LeBron. Coach Bud would have told Jeff Teague to fuck off. Giannis is not Jeff Teague. Giannis can say, give me Jimmy, and I will guard Jimmy. And Bud would have said, okay, you're, the, you're supposedly the best player in the league. Go do it. Go do you. Go be great. Literally. He could do it. So, Harry, I want to throw back to you now just because maybe we do need to change direction a little bit here.
2: I just, I just want to – so I want to give my – I'll try to make this quick. My three-prong answer about why – the Heat are so disrespected in the playoffs in general. So one, people have disrespected Jimmy Butler his entire life. He's listen. He has a he has a very interesting story. He was homeless as a teen, uh, I believe. Like his mom's friend adopted him, uh, raised him, got him to Marquette. He's the 30th pick, guys. I'm I'm just going off the top of my head. The only guys like real superstars I can think of who are late draft picks are like Jimmy was was 30. Uh, in the NBA draft, and then uh, Jokic is a second-round pick. I cannot think of other guys that are really doing it in the NBA right now who aren't like top top picks. Even Giannis was like a middle first-round pick. I think he was like 16 or 17, maybe he was 15 or something. So I think that's kind of that's one thing that people just disrespect Jimmy. He didn't really do it at his other stops, and to do it now past 30 is so rare. They're just watching things that they never seen before, and don't believe it. Even us, big Heat fans, big Jimmy fans, were like, how much longer can Jimmy do this? We said this last season, like, how much longer can he do this? And he's doing it again and doing it even better. So that leads to prong two. Uh, NBA fans, the average NBA fan does not understand basketball. They do not understand um, efficiency and other things that really make – so Jimmy is one of the most efficient offensive players in the playoffs. That makes him, to me, you guys keep comparing him to Kobe. I think he's got the Kobe personality, but he doesn't play anything like Kobe. He's much, much more efficient on the court. Um, A lot of his shots are in the paint. He gets wherever he wants. And, you know, his three rises a little bit, but, like, he's basically in the paint, getting what he wants, layups, uh, mid-range, and free throws. His true shooting percentage was, like, close to 70% this past round. He has been unbelievable. And it took a while for it took a while for people to go from like, he's great, he's a dog, to count there everyone's about counting stats now. You hear these and you're like, Counting stats don't matter. That's why we can talk about it in some other pod, why we're probably all ready to move on from Tyler Hira at some point because the counting stats don't really it's not it's not it's not really doing a great job of showing what he can bring to the team. But Jimmy's efficiency is what really makes him dynamic. And is really changing the game. That's point two. Point three is we're simply Miami. It's a combination of people being jealous of us. They do not like that we that we have uh, warm weather most of the year. That we can go to the beach anytime we want. Um, that we show up late to games because we were probably doing cocaine somewhere else. So they're just jealous of that fact. Um, the fact that after the game's over at ten thirty, you can go clubbing, you can go out, you can go dancing. You know, if you live in Cleveland, if you live in um, I was going to, I don't know what other city I'm going to trash, but if you live live in these places, um, there's nothing to do after it. You just, you're cold and you're trying to get home before you freeze to death. So that's all it is. So those three things, I just think people can't give us credit. So when you're, and plus there's just the hype machine of the Knicks. Um, like I like Richard Jefferson. I think he's pretty good when he's on TV. I don't know if he was drunk yesterday or what was going on. Nothing he said made any sense. So Channing Frye, who's a former Nick, was like trying to – he was like basically saying, I think it's a toss-up. I think the Heat win because I don't think anyone's beating Jimmy. And Richard Jefferson was like, oh, they got Josh Hart. They got Quentin Grimes. You know, these are good players. Um, uh, Josh Hart, to me, elite role player. I wanted the Heat to get him. He's just great. Like a guy that small that can rebound like him and defend. Josh Hart, great player. I'm not going to take anything away from him. Jimmy just did that to Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is an all-star. Drew Holiday's um, an elite guard. He's great. And Jimmy was like, this guy ain't it. So, you know, while I think that that Jimmy could take a step back in the series and not shoot as well, I don't think it's going to be because of Josh Hart or Quentin Grimes or other guys that they have. He might just miss some of the shots that he's been making. And that would obviously make it a much closer series. But, I we I think the media gets all wrapped up. Madison, you were talking about Madison Square Garden, Alex. They they this is what their second playoff second playoff win since 2000, 2001? Like they don't know what the playoffs are like. They have no idea. They they're rarely there. So I'm glad
1: you went there, Harry.
2: I'm I just glad don't you under- went there. I don't understand. Like yes, they're excited. They're New Yorkers. They're loud. I mean, they're obnoxious. I've been you know I sat next to a New York Knicks fan. Uh, when the Heat beat the Spurs in 2013, that wasn't a great experience for me. But um what, the, what are they talking about, man? Jimmy Jimmy loves being the villain. He's waving goodbye to Milwaukee as he's leaving. Like this is going to be a great series, and it's not just because it's Heat Knicks and we have the rivalry. And Riley left them years ago in, in the dust. Um, but these are two good teams that are that are that are defensive oriented, and it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a good series. And I'm looking forward to it.
1: I'm happy you brought up some specific points there. First of all, I just wanted to say as well, everyone also picking the Knicks over the Heat because they're saying that the Heat can't do what they did to the Bucks against the Knicks. Why? You said it too, Harry. Josh Hart's a phenomenal player. He's not a top three defensive guard in the NBA like Drew Holiday is. They don't have a Giannis. Julius Randle's not a Giannis defensively. Plus he has a bum ankle. Will he even play? Who knows? Why can't the Heat go to New York and do what they just did? It's an easier matchup for Bam. It's an easier matchup, I guess not specifically for the shooters because the Knicks don't play drop coverage the way that Milwaukee does, but it's an easier series for Jimmy, defensively speaking, no matter who you throw at him. None of them are of the same caliber as Giannis or Drew. They do not have a defensive center that takes up space and stretches the floor like Brooke Lopez. Why can't the Heat go in and do what they just did to Milwaukee to New York? And I'm glad that you brought up some stats about the Knicks, Harry, because me and Alex have a couple stats too. We're usually not a massively stat-oriented podcast. But today we're going to change that. Because here's some stats about the New York Knicks. The last time the New York Knicks won a championship was the year 1973. You want to know what else happened in 1973? Secretariat won the Triple Crown in 1973. Kids played with little toys called Shrinky Dinks in 1973. A patent for the first ever mobile phone was given to Motorola in 1973. Back in the year 1973, walkie-talkies were one of the most popular Christmas gifts. The Exorcist was the most popular movie. They've made multiple Exorcists. They're rebooting the Exorcist relatively soon, too. All that's happened since the last time the Knicks won an NBA championship. American Graffiti was released in 1973. Top of the music charts. Tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. That was top of the music charts on the Billboard Top 100 in 1973. Those are things that have happened in the year of our Lord, 1973. And nothing else has changed for the New York Knicks as a basketball franchise. Alex, I want to take it to you. What else happened in 1973? I also have one more before I give it to you. This one's a real kicker for me. You could buy a pack of Oreos for 59 cents in 1973. Alex, what else has happened since the New York Knicks have won an NBA championship?
0: The same year, the Knicks won the championship. The MLB decided, you know what? We will give designated hitters a shot in 1973. They've now said, no, everyone gets that. This is insane. The Supreme court, delivered its decision on Roe v Wade the first time in 1973 president richard nixon he announced a peace accord in vietnam time for the boys to come home in 1973 the last time your new york knicks won a championship watergate 1973 i mean this go it goes on and on george lucas he was working on something it was an idea in his head called star wars 1973 The last time the Knicks won a championship. Ironically, the same month, June of 1973, the same month, all of Nixon's staff resigned. Same time, same time they were getting that parade ready for New York. The president of the United States was under insane siege. I mean, 1970. And if you're just like, well, this is too harsh. We've heard these jokes. 1973, we've heard all this stuff, you know, come up with something new. This is what all these Knicks fans like to say. Fine. To that, I say fine. Let's just talk about the last time the New York Knicks won a second round series, the year 2000. Um, if you're wondering what happened in 2000, George W. Bush was president. Um, Hillary Clinton was on the Senate. The number one song during that time, Three Doors Down, Kryptonite, dominating the charts. Have you heard of them? Have you seen them in concert recently? A lead song, though. It's just it's Barry Bonds playing baseball, Tiger Woods just getting started. The Yankees were actually winning World Series. So good time for New York in 2000. A dozen eggs, 89 cents. Number one show, who wants to be a millionaire? Speaking of millionaires, what do you call 12 millionaires watching the NBA finals? The New York Knicks. Shout out Chad GPT for that one. Um, Boost Mobile, number one company. eHarmony, number one dating site. Just, I mean... It is absolutely ridiculous to think about the things that have happened since then. And again, people are saying it's too harsh, too harsh. We've heard these jokes before. How about the last time the Knicks were even playing in the second round? Gangnam Style was the number one song. Your mom was doing the Call Me Maybe dance and everyone was discovering YOLO is a pretty cool term. The Hunger Games movies just came out. Beyonce just gave birth to her first kid. Last time the Knicks were even in the second round let alone actually having some real NBA success. So, Nick fans, uh, long story short, eat shit and uh, get ready for these next four games of absolute piss that you're about to experience in your own building. Because you've seen this story over and over again, and if you think Jimmy Butler is losing to Tom Thibodeau, you've got another thing coming. And if you think that Josh Hart is now the man who has been tossed around like a basketball between five NBA teams the last three years is now the reason why you guys are going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I cannot wait till Tom Thibodeau doesn't even put Josh Hart on him because he doesn't even trust him. So it's going to be hilarious. Uh, But yeah, man, a lot of things have happened since the New York Knicks even had a a sliver of success, which is what they've just had recently. One playoff series win in the last 10 years, and we've got people in the streets handing them the trophy on ESPN. What Stephen A. Smith, what Greeny is doing, I know the Rodgers trade happened too, bringing everybody out and saying just – handing these New York championships out like they're already done, neither of those teams are making it past uh, a first-round series, the Jets or now the Knicks. And I, I, I have been so upset this whole heat season, yet somehow, someway, it's now in the most euphoric stage it's been in years. I mean, we, this fan base has been divided all year long. We needed something like this to completely unite the front. Um, And no, I'm not talking about the Vietnam War the last time, you know, the Knicks actually won a championship uniting the front. I'm talking about the Heat fan base. And this is what we needed. We need Heat Knicks. And again, some of the Heat players probably don't recognize the rivalry like myself. They were three years old. Uh, My memories of Heat Knicks are LeBron beating the shit out of them. So if this rivalry is going to be renewed, it's not going to be this week because Heat and five. I don't even know if the Knicks get one, if Brunson gets the Trey Young treatment.
1: It's a formality to say Heaton Five, right before I let Harry go. One go more, ahead. or two more things, actually, and I think you guys will like the last one that I'll save for last. You guys know the, um, the ongoing movie franchise featuring Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. has been going on for about 20-something years. Yeah, um, the original television series that, that movies those movies are based on ended in <laughs> 1973. Do you guys know who won the Super Bowl in 1973? A cool little turquoise porpoise, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> Harry, let's go over to you now. How, how are you feeling about the Knicks series? You see me and Alex are feeling pretty
2: good. Um. Yeah, you guys are a little more cocky than I am, but I, I mean, you know, that was a great a great little segment. I think I was going to say, and what frustrates me most about Knicks fans is they act like they've been there before and they just haven't. Um, you know, Stephen A coming out, I saw a couple of things where he was saying they're going to the finals bro, you won four games. You got to win eight more games to get to the finals. And how are you overlooking the team that just took down Giannis and the Bucs? Um, I'm very confused about how the Knicks look at their team and think that they are um, they have better defenders than Giannis, Brooke, and Drew. I mean, I, listen, they're a good defense. Uh, Thibodeau's a good defensive coach. I'm going to give them credit. But I just think they're going a little bit above their head. And, like these playoff series are tough guys. This isn't like, you don't just like, even, even a team you think you're like going to sweep or dominate. All those games are usually pretty close. They're usually tough games. Even if you end up pulling out a sweep or, or winning a five, a gentleman sweep. Um, so I'm just a little confused about how they come out of there beating a Cavs team that looked overmatched, uh, not ready, not prepared. Um, I don't even know if that Jarrett, uh, that, that Allen quote was real, but he said the, the lights, lights were, were a little, bright. the lights <laughs> were a little too bright for him. I can listen. If a guy on my team said that, he, I would trade him tomorrow. Like I would be making calls and saying, "Who wants this guy? Fifty cents on the dollar." I'm not. I cannot win a playoff game where a guy says that. So, um, you know, looking around, obviously, look, um, a big reason why the Heat absolutely dominated the Bucks was simply they shot the absolute crap out of the ball. I do not know if they can replicate that type of shooting display. I do think there's a happy middle ground between the shit that we were watching the regular season and they couldn't, they were clanking away and what we just saw against the bucks. And I think that's probably good enough to beat a New York team that isn't going to be an offensive juggernaut. Um, you have to worry about Brunson. He's the head of the snake. You got to cut him off. He's their best player. And he's, and he's, he has upped his game in the postseason. He's a very good postseason player. Um, R.J. Barrett does not worry me at all. If he has a great game, hats off. Wonderful. Congrats, R.J. He's not a good offensive player. I am praying that Randall plays. He sprained his ankle pretty badly in game five against the Cavs. I am hoping he tries to get out there because he is horrible in the postseason. He is not efficient. He takes a lot of bad shots. And I know everyone's worried about that one game where he couldn't miss against the Heat. That will not happen. That's not a playoff Julius Randall. And so you're just kind of hoping that uh, he tries to uh, tough it out and be out there because he would hurt that team. I think. I think objective Knicks fans would say, you know what, if Randall's out for a couple of games, I don't think that really would hurt us too much. And um, you know, Heat and five is always tough. I, I don't. Five is just five is really you've dominated a series even if you're giving up one. Um, if you want my prediction on this one, I think it's Heat and six. I think we close out at home. Um, Think the Knicks probably get a couple games and you know, hopefully we hopefully we're able to move on because I don't know, LJ, I'm at I'm at a weird spot now where I never thought we were gonna beat the Bucks. I was wrong. We beat them. Um I think even if you know, even if you had lost in the second round, you could say, you know what, it wasn't a great year, but what a memory we have from that, and we'll try to figure it out in the offseason. But the problem is now we're facing the Knicks. And I do not want to lose to this team. I don't want to hear from my Knicks friends. I don't want to hear from the NBA. Um, I want to beat them. So I'm at this weird spot where if you would have told me we were, uh, as an AC, we would have made it to the second round, I would have said, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe it. But now we got to win. I do not want to go down right now. And I hope and think we will not.
1: It would be insufferable. Everywhere. Everywhere you go. Especially anywhere in South Florida because – New Yorkers like to leave their humble abode up north and just come live in South Florida and take over the arena. Which I think, I mean, you could also make the argument too that Miami fans do a pretty damn good job filling up Madison Square Garden. So I think you brought up a good point about Randall because that ankle injury is nothing to play with. You need to be careful when it comes to your health and with insurance. Speaking of insurance, a primary sponsor of the basement is Simple Health Advisors. Insurance does not need to be complicated email them or give them a call today and tell them that the basement sent you email our boy J at simplehealthadvisors.com Or you can give them a little ring at three, two, one, three, four, five, seven, seven, three, eight, a little ring that the New York Knicks will not be getting this season. I don't even care if we don't get it either. They're not getting it because I don't think even if they were to make it ahead against Philly or Boston, the Knicks just don't have it. And but
2: I think that's interesting too. You mentioned, uh, Randall's ankle injury, and then no one's really mentioned it because he came back – you know, he ended up hitting a big shot in game one against the Cavs and really hasn't been favoring it since. But heart sprained his ankle pretty nasty in game one against the Cavs. Um, You know, maybe he's healed. Maybe he's not, like – there's just – you know, there's a lot of stuff. Obviously, he uh, had some tough injuries in the first round. Uh, We didn't really talk a lot about it, but Depot going down, it it seemed like someone described it as, like, one of the most depressing – Playoff wins because it happened when they were crushing uh, the Bucks, and the game was way so. You know that was kind of interesting that you know that he just kind of bounced back from that, and they were like you know they, Spo always says next man up, blah blah blah, and you think it's kind of all talk, but that's kind of what they've done, you know. Um, and I don't know if you want to talk like X factors in the series or guys that we're going to need because I, I think the most interesting that was where I, I was the, the most. To I think the most interesting thing about game five is like, again, Jimmy had another banger. He was great. Um, You know, down the stretch, erasing a 16 point lead on the road in the fourth quarter is insane. It's, it's never been done. I believe that's the most uh, team has ever come back in a clinching game in NBA history, you know? So, uh, but you know, all these role guys played well. Um, You know, I don't, Caleb wasn't as good in game five, but Caleb was elite in game four. Vincent had a monster game in Game Five. He had that three down four that you don't win the game without him hitting that, and he took that with like he didn't care. He knew he was going to make it, or at least he, he was gonna... knew. Yeah, yeah, uh, he he knew. Um, you know, I, I I laughed about it when it was happening in the game, but bam out. They bring in Cody Zeller. Gabe brings up, gives him a great pass to go up seven with a nice dunk because no one was guarding a substitute teacher, and it was just like just a great. Uh, a great win for those guys. Max Strus, who I was like, why is Max in the game? Two massive defensive plays down the stretch. Big, big block um, on Grayson Allen and then a steal on someone else. So, you know, I just thought it was a – I thought it was a Spo master class, especially the last few games. And I just think, like, if we go down to the Knicks, like there's something would have had to happen because I, I just don't think – I don't think Jimmy – I don't think Jimmy's losing to Tibbs and I don't think Spo's going to be out coached in a series like this.
1: Spo is absolutely not going to be outcoached at all to Tom Thibodeau. It's not happening. You can write that in the history books already. Whether they win or lose, it won't be because Spo got outcoached. He makes adjustments in the playoffs. We saw that. We literally saw that in the fourth quarter of back to back games, too. One with Jimmy just going nuclear, and then game five in Milwaukee, where they literally let Bam run the offense down the stretch. And that changed everything. You were getting Jimmy literally off ball, going through double flare screens, and getting up at the rim uncontested for most of those. And then he would contort his body to, you know, to get and ones like that was a phenomenal job. And you might be able to do that too, depending on if Randall plays or not. And how t- Tibbs tries to orientate his defense, because if they try to play it inside out, you can run similar stunts. You can do the same thing basically and get Jimmy to go off ball a little bit more just to tire out Hart or whoever else is going to guard him straight up.
2: Yeah. They're so bringing, a lot of bodies, though. bringing Brooke out of the paint, like you mentioned, was the big adjustment. So essentially bringing Bam out and letting him, kind of run point from the high key change that game and change the whole thing. And also, I think we need to do that more. I think we've kind of talked about Bam's assists have gone down a little bit since Lowry got here and Bam's an elite playmaker. And I don't know if they've been using that enough. And if the Hammy's bothering him or his other things, like let him dictate stuff from the top of the key in this series too. If you bring uh, Mitchell Robinson had an unbelievable series, he really dominated the Cavs, bring him out of the paint, Uh, make him come out and guard Bam. Because listen, if they're going to give Bam the jumper, he has to take it, and he was looking to take it more by the end of the series. So take that when it's there. And then when they adjust you or when you're being the playmaker, then you open up the cutting lanes for other guys. Jimmy got a lot of easy looks, and Bam was up there. And I think um, you know, winning game five was huge. The three days rest is nice. If you looked at the schedule, there's a nice break between games two and three, which will be another good break before they come back to Miami. Um so while the Heat, obviously, you're worried about Bam's hammy. They said it was feeling better. Like, it's trending in a good direction for Miami. You just kind of hope that the shooting keeps up. I have my worries about um, one particular particular guy on the on the Heat team that I don't think will be able to keep up the shooting. I think you guys know who I'm talking about. But, I
1: think he'll keep it up. I think he will, actually.
2: But I hope. I mean, I hope to be continue to be wrong. Um, and whatever trade value he has, I hope... I hope it keeps increasing.
1: That's something people don't talk about too. A lot of the players the Mimer trying to unload. Kyle Lowry has been very good in these playoffs. He has been good. Not from like just a strict scoring aspect. He's been he's been like running the offense pretty well too, playing very good defense, which I don't think any of us thought he had left in the tank at that level. So So to be able to get that out of Kyle, I think that's extremely important. So what I want to do here before we close, let's go around. Give us a player, an X factor for both teams, a player in Miami that you think needs to step up and a player on New York that scares you a little bit. I'll go first here to give you guys some time to kind of gather your answers here. Cause it's been marinating in my head for a second. I think it's not a role player, but it's bam that I think is a massive X factor in the series. Cause whether or not it's Randall or Robbins and guarding him, you need bam to continue to give you what he gave you in the second half of Milwaukee. And Tim's defense is very different than Bud's defense. Meaning it'll be easier for bam to get to the rim. They won't, clog like clog the pain as much I think it's going to be a lot easier for Bam to kind of do what he did against the the Knicks in the regular season this was this this was a team that Bam gave work every single time they played in the regular season granted we know the playoffs are a different beast but a lot of like the the same type of stunts that he's going to see will be similar to how they played him in the regular season so it's, it'll be a very good season for Bam very very good uh, series for Bam I should say to kind of get back on track because he he picked it up honestly I mean He had 15 in game four, you know, the second leading scorer, though, for Miami. So comparatively speaking to what else you were getting, he was the second best. And then I I really need to just tip my hat to him again, too, for the 20-point triple-double in the closeout game. That's phenomenal. He was finding Jimmy. He was playing insane defense. Randall's not going to give him the same work that Giannis was trying to give him. And Bam was able to do what he did against Giannis again. I can't stress that enough. One for nine. Bam held Giannis one for nine in the fourth quarter. He stepped up. He stepped up in a big way. He's going to have to do it again against New York. And the one player for New York that you guys might not have picked here is Grimes. Elon Musk told Muse that same Grimes, actually. That Grimes, I think, is in the regular season, the dude was automatic. And in Miami's zone, look, you can beat it by hitting like good passing, hitting open threes. Grimes is the beneficiary of that mainly in that Knicks offense. If Grimes can continue to hit those corner threes against the Heat or even just contested ones because he was doing it all games in the regular season against Miami, if Grimes can continue to shoot from a high clip, that Heat zone is going to have to adjust a little bit because that's how you beat the Heat zone. And the Knicks do have players, whether it be Hart or Grimes, that can stretch the floor and kill you in good passing situations that result in wide-open threes. So, Alex, let's go to you. What's an X factor for Miami and from New York?
0: So for Miami, um, I I think Bam is the biggest one. I know Jimmy's going to go off, but I'll also say Caleb because I think what Caleb showed in Milwaukee is that he might be one of those dudes that is just a playoff player. Like he, He should have a lot of confidence right now, and if Caleb can hit his threes with the defense that he provides, I think Caleb could be called upon for the Brunson matchup a little bit. I know Jimmy will. I know he will, but I I think Caleb will have to do a little bit of that too. And I know Gabe will obviously. So I was going to go Gabe and Caleb as kind of a combo. I think both of those guys need to have good series, but I'll lean Caleb more because technically, I mean, if, you know, if Gabe doesn't have a good game, there's a chance that Lowry will probably give you at least one good game this series. And to be honest with you, off the bench, he's giving you moments and spurts and defensively, especially when he's not getting called for every reach and everything like that in the playoffs. Like, okay. You know, he is a little, he's definitely a playoff player. Like I'll give that to Kyle Lauer. He's way more effective in the playoffs than in the regular season. Um, but for New York, to me, it's Brunson. If the, if he doesn't get going, they're done, they're cooked, they're toast. He does everything for them. And he is that good where he gets them set up. He's a traditional point guard. will get your system lined up. Everybody in the right spot, make the right play, play at his own pace. I understand now why the heat probably there was that rumor that the heat wanted to talk to him, right? We were in the off season, We were all like, huh? Now he looks like one of those dudes. I I think we got the right personnel to throw at him, but it, you know, so did Milwaukee and Jimmy, right? That's the personnel you want to throw at Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez in the paint. And it didn't matter. So if Jalen Brunson is really that guy, like Stephen A. Smith and some of these other Nick guys say that he is, um, you know, and he's still getting 25 points with Jimmy and Caleb on him. Like that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a real problem. So I don't think that will happen, but he's he's everything for them beyond an X factor, especially with Randall Hurt. He has to show up. Otherwise, I mean, the Heat are going to sweep them and it's going to get ugly.
2: Um, so I think, you know, I thought Alex did a good job of doing the Caleb Vincent thing. So
0: I'll take Gabe.
2: Um, it's been an odd couple of regular seasons for Gabe. It's been very, very up and down. Um, he's been good in the postseason. Last year, he was six and one as a starter when Larry got hurt. Um, I always described it as like, He's just doing the right amount of stuff. Like he's not pressing too much and he's not, um, you know, making a lot of mistakes. Uh, Even in the game, they were, people were kind of annoyed with his game four. I think he had eight assists that game. Uh, And then in game five, like people were saying, man, he's taking a lot of shots. Listen, uh, I think Adam Barai kind of brought it up in a tweet. Like he's not taking that last shot at the end of the game. If he didn't have 16 points and he wasn't feeling confident at the beginning, Um, you needed someone else to step up. They're missing Tyler. Tyler. The, you know they don't have someone who can necessarily get their shot whenever they want, you need that from Gabe. And he's been good. He'll also get the first crack at guarding Brunson, so you're kind of interested to see if you can slow him down a little bit. Um, Brunson's just been elite at getting into the paint, and I think the Heat are in trouble if they let him get, get there without issues, so they really need to keep him out. And while he's been shooting well, uh, they need to just hopefully that he just takes a lot of outside shots that he's obviously not as comfortable with. Um, the Knicks X factor. I was, there was a bunch of names floating around. Um, I think it's Isaiah Hartenstein. I think he's a really good backup big and in the matchups or in the regular season with the Knicks, the Knicks have dominated us on the boards. Uh, the heat while still, still small and, you know, I think they've even gotten smaller with some of their injuries need to find a way, um, to keep the Knicks off the glass, to keep second chances to a minimum and to really make sure that they play one good defensive possession and they get the rebound. We all know the quote, no rebound, no rings. I think it's going to become really important in this series that the Heat need to win these rebounding battles or at least keep them very close. I do not think um, I do not think that we're uh, getting away from this series if we're not really uh, doing a good job on the boards. And he might play in some of those minutes where Bam needs a break, so it's important that whether it's Zeller being in there um, or Caleb or whoever they have playing down low, that they're able to box out and get these rebounds. And I, again I think it's gonna be a really good series, guys. I know you guys are kind of we're gonna whip we're gonna whip them. I hope you're right. Um kind of thinking it's a bit longer, but the he pulled out in the end.
1: The cocky heat fan in me obviously thinks heat and five and that they're gonna Gabe specifically is gonna put Brunson in the Trey Young Hell in a Cell part two. But it also does scare me. Like the realistic side of me is like, yeah, no, Brunson's very good. Like he's very good at dissecting and getting into the paint and freeing up his MIDI. So with all that being said, it's still always and 5. Come on, guys. You, you know what time it is. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate all that you that you guys do tuning in every single week. Sometimes we give you two episodes. Sometimes we give you one. This week, I guess technically it was two, I guess. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We love you all. Spending some time with your favorite random scrubs. Remember to take care and be good people. and 5. Need a stop and a rebound. For you. For three. Oh, my. That was the Random Scrub Heat podcast.